Welcome to Point Your Toes, the Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name. And if we do, they will be changed. And today we have a special guest with us, Allie Dixon. Hey. <laughs> so Allie is a dear friend of ours um, that we all met doing theater together. Mm-hmm. Um, so Allie Before just, you begin, yes. let the people know where they can find you on your social yeah, media. Do your oh, little spiel. Do a little spiel. Who are you? What do you do? Give your social medias. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hello, friends. Uh, my name is Allie Dixon. Um, if you care about me before you even know anything about me, <laughs> my Insta is at Allie Son of a Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, like the pencil. Um, nice. That's I don't use Twitter. That's the same. That's my Twitter handle, but I don't. I mean, that's right. I, no, I, so. I don't do that. Um, I have a website. It's AllieDixon.com. I hardly <laughs> ever update it. So like... <laughs> Again, um, here's we'll, my phone number. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We'll put it in the show notes so you can just go be amazed Check and do all the there. things. So yes. tell them about you. What do you do? Tell them your life. Tell them your story. My life. My story. Um, I was a loser, so I found theater. Just kidding. Yeah, um, the club. I, uh, I majored in musical theater. I live in L.A. now. I've lived in New York a couple of times now in my life. Um... I majored in musical theater, but because of my vocals and the way I sound, um, my deep alto voice, I got kind of discouraged in the musical theater world, so I chose to go to L.A. and do straight acting, and uh, it boded well for me. I now do voiceover work <laughs> nice. with the voice that the musical theater world was like, you need to be 60 for us to take this one. Um, and it goes mediocrely. Like every artist says. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I still have a day job. Like, I haven't made it. But I work enough that I feel good about what I do. Yeah. I'm confident in what I do. So, I think yeah. you kind of brought up a good point of, like, the music theater world kind of told you something else. So, let's let's start with... <laughs> I mean, and it happened. Like, I'm... Yeah. And I've had that yeah. very so, same thing of, like, you're tall. You should do this. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, according to certain people, I'm the leading man. And that is not who I am. <laughs> I'm such a character actor. But... Let, let's start with college. You said you were an MT major. Like, yeah. how do you feel? And we've had, we had a guest on before, Colin, who, a recent graduate, who is kind of learning the difference between, like, college and life in the city or mm. college in the professional world. How do you think you were prepared for that? Did they prepare you for it? Or I actually think they prepared me exceptionally well. Nice. My program, nice. I don't have, genuinely, I don't have a lot bad to say about my college nice. Do you mind mentioning your college? Yes. If not, it can be Timbuktu University. Uh, no, <laughs> I'll advertise them. Missouri State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually top 11 last year, I believe. Um, nice. But we're unheard of. No one really cares. But it's the only school in Missouri that has a musical theater program. Nice, okay. Um, so, like, Mizzou has music and theater, but not music, right? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And a BFA. I love that you could hear Danielle pouring wine behind me talking yeah, this now. This might be a Skulls Out episode, because um, we're drinking. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I it's love totally it. Um, I love them. I started music theater. I, by the way, had auditioned um, 
for six schools, leaving high school while I was mm-hmm. a senior, got into zero. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Came here and attended the new school to get a BA in theater and film. After a year, had to leave because it got too damn expensive. And I chose Missouri State because I wanted to attempt a BFA again. And I had to audition at, like, once I was a student in, like, the November, once the semester started. So I was living mm-hmm. alone in an apartment, didn't know anybody, uh, and auditioned. And someone at Florida State told my mother during my, like, senior year of high school when I was auditioning that um, you, sh- you have to audition for seven programs to get into one. Like, you'll yep. get into one for every seven. Mm. And this was my seventh. And I got it. Mm-hmm. So, so it was I've, very exciting. I've heard that a lot, actually. And I know a bunch of people who have done this where they've g- decided, they have did the auditions, they didn't get any in anywhere. Or they just decided, like, it's too hard. And they've gone to other schools, more mm-hmm. local, usually more local schools, but sometimes out of state, and started in different programs. And then by sophomore or junior year, transferred and were able to get into... Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to get into BFA programs or even more prestigious BA programs. So, this, again, question. Which is very interesting because I feel like people oh, think, especially, I mean, Tony and I have talked about this before, so you can tell me how you feel about this, okay. but I feel like the expectation and the rigor to, especially in the MT or dance world, oh, yeah. about getting into this wildly prestigious college program mm-hmm. if you're not was NYU not, well, I feel like, yes, but I feel like, I feel like it's now a bigger deal than it was when we were 18 years old. And maybe that's partly because a lot of these programs weren't as popular. A lot of these programs oh, yes. were newer. Oh, yes. But I feel like now it's like, well, if you didn't get into CCM or you didn't get into Carnegie Mellon or Harvard or Yale at 18, then, like, you're never going to make it in the world. And how that's not true. It's and, not at all true. Yeah, but to an 18-year-old, nearly detrimental. Oh, definitely. Oh, you're planning yeah. your future. And right? because nobody like, is helping sitting there to tell them, like, you can transfer or yeah. this isn't going to And if you didn't have a good day. high school program, I grew up in a small town outside yes, of Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, that isn't also going to prepare my you. My high school teachers were not supportive of me. Speaking of my voice and people telling me mm-hmm. where I get put in a place, my senior year, we did Alice in Wonderland. I auditioned for Alice. Everyone thought I was going to be Alice. It was like a thing. People kept, we got to pick who we wanted to read scenes with. People kept pulling me up when they were being the caterpillar and Tweedledum and Tweedledee to be Alice in their scenes. And... When the cast list went up, I was cast as mother. There's no mother in the script of oh. Through the Looking Glass. Like, there's no mother in it. And um, my teachers asked me if I could come in early the next morning. And I went in, and they told me they had been discussing that I could never play a young girl because of the way my voice sounds. I would always play an old woman. And they straight up admitted that they think they put mother on the cast list because they were talking about how I'd always play the mother or grandmother and stuff. Like, they put me in a box because of the way my voice sounds. And since then, by the way, like... At 18. At 18. Yeah. And, like, uh, and how does Velma and Roxy sound? Right. Like, are you kidding? Exactly. Right. Are you joking right now? Like, and technically, Velma is not supposed to be any... I mean, usually played by someone older because there's the whole, like, older celebrity thing, whatever. But right. realistically, book-wise, she's not supposed to be any older than 30. And no. who's to say... This is... We were kind of talking about this previously... Who's to say that because I have a low raspy voice doesn't mean I'm not a young girl? Because guess what? I was actually 17. Right. And so was Alice. Right? Like, why just because, like, it's not what you thought. 
granted, you're the director, you get to choose. But don't then tell me but, in my future that this is the box I'm put in. My point to that was, I didn't have a theater supportive group mm-hmm. going to into start, college yeah. and to, you know tell, what to, to say to me, to even tell me what kind of audition I sang. I sang popular. Because <laughs> I knew nothing else. But, no one taught right, me think, anything else. But you know what? I think that's also just a valid point to make is that like, on the reverse side, I had a really strong high school program. Mm. So when I got to college, I was challenging them on everything. Yeah. Because I had a high school director that like, I went to a giant conference um, Georgia Theater Conference and Thespian Conference every year of high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I got to college and they were like, oh, we kind of don't go to it. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Like I was challenging them every way, but it's because I had a director who's the president of the high school division. Like right. she was in charge, she was in charge of all right. high school division and her mentor was in charge of all of GTC. Like right, I knew right. the president of GTC. Mm-hmm. So like it was, um, and like, I think one of the SETC presidents too at one point, like it's one of the things I had such good training that like it, there was no, nothing less could be accepted because that's yeah. what I knew. Yeah. But you brought up a point and you said you came, you did the new school here in the city and then you moved back to Missoula. Yeah. Did you feel like you were failing because you were leaving the city? Because uh, a lot of people utterly. go, New York City, see, that's it. A lot of New York City is it. If you don't make it here, you're not a valid artist. I was dragged away from here kicking and screaming. Wow. I And I mean that, um, like, metaphorically. But I, I left and I had, I left and I actually, quite literally, um... Went home for the summer to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and in August, or late July, got, and semester starts late August, right, mm-hmm. got my financial aid award letter. I'd had almost half a tuition covered based on scholarships, FAFSA right. stuff, whatever. Yeah. And I got my financial aid award letter, and they'd retracted most of my financial aid due to my father refiling the FAFSA, he cashed mm. in stock options to pay for my sister's college. Because the FAFSA, the FAFSA is oh. so finicky. It's so finicky. It so when he cashed yeah. in stock yeah. options, which is just straight cash, yeah. just yeah. straight cash pay for my sister's college, because my father, thank God for him, I literally call him about once every two months and be like, by the way, thank you for not letting me have student loans. Like, because he paid for oh. everything up front. Yeah. And he did yeah. it for my sister, And but when he cashed in those stock options to pay for my sister, he it looked like money. he had a ton of like money just sitting money. on and and they took mine away and he I remember he he took me to Chili's. For those of you who know what Chili's is, shout out. Um, <laughs> and I ordered my chicken crispers. And yeah, yeah. yeah. chicken crispers are so good. Uh. And he took me out because we all knew we were trying to figure it out. I it t- would take six weeks to appeal the decision. Um, he came and got me and my sister who were both home from college for the summer. Took us to Chili's, sat across from me to be like, here's the deal. I can send you back for one semester. I have enough money in the bank to send you for one semester. I don't know if by December I'll have enough to send you for the next. So you need to make a decision if you want to do another semester in New York and then, like, see what happens. Or And I said, can I pull out loans myself to go? And yeah. he said no. And I smart was 18. Smart man, smart man, smart man, smart man. It was I'm the sure best it hurt. thing. I'm sure it hurt it at hurt the time. It hurt so but... much, and it took me weeks to, like, I knew I was going to apply to Missouri State. It was the only option. No other school made sense. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to... And my dad said to me, I will have enough money in the bank if you come in-state to send you to New York every summer. Right? Mm-hmm. He was like, that's how expensive your fucking school is. Yeah, yeah. Right? that's true. Like, that's a very true thing. And um, even, even in-state, like, I remember my parents moved when I was in college, and so I got in-state for three years. And the difference between my parents my first year, and I do have student loans, but they're... Ex- basically my student loans that I'm still paying off are from my 
one year out of state. One yeah. year. Because to, for me, me to be I out of state, which was my, my parents majority, majority paid for, was like twenty thirty thousand dollars when i was getting once my parents once we all filed for in-state and it got accepted my tuition was five thousand dollars a year yeah a year yeah my my tuition for three years was five thousand dollars a year i think mine was more but like the new school is about 50 grand right like it's like nyu style it's nyu i mean we literally share a library with we share both we share nyu's library so like i i was dragged away kicking and screaming I won't lie when I say everything I experienced in New York got me into the program at MSU. Nice. Well, that's good. That's so things worked for like a reason. For a reason. And I will say not everything at the new school. I took a workshop um, that uh, like actors workshop that was just this guy, Paul Fouquet. I still remember his name. It was a monologue workshop. I did five weeks, and you brought in one. I, of course, did Emily from Our Town. Because what else does a college freshman who knows nothing do? Right. And he watched you, and then you had a personal 20-minute meeting with him. He's a casting director, and he gave you monologues. And to this day, all five of the monologues he gave me are in my book. And I was able to take the monologues, and then you had five weeks to workshop them and bring them in. And I did that outside of school because I was desperate to do something. Yeah. Um... And, and because New School didn't have a BFA, I like they taught me, but they didn't teach me what I felt like I needed to be knowing. And I took those, I straight up auditioned with those monologues for my mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. I auditioned with all the knowledge I had from taking like the one music class I took at the New School. I like knew more being here and being around theater and surrounded by mm-hmm. musicals to not sing popular again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like things like that. Um, and got in and I tell anyone that'll listen, it was the best thing that ever happened to me nice i cried for about six months straight but like it it was in the end in fact i am in town visiting danielle and Mm -hmm. others and my professors come to town every march and the missouri state people do a showcase in the city and i did it too and i've come to almost every showcase i missed last year and i'm missing this year but i'm close enough with my professors still that we text and we're having dinner this week because nice. I talked to them consistently because they were like such real parts of my life that I didn't leave and I was like tossed into the dust. They're like still yes. there. And yeah. by the way, we hardly ever talk about career at this point. They're still there just as friends. Right. We talk about anything at this mm-hmm. point. That's right? really nice too, I it's think. It's so nice. Because yeah. the they same care about my, you as a person. Yes. With my professors. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's just kind of a point to make, especially for a lot of our listeners, because a lot of our listeners are like uh, late high school, mm. early college, like yeah. kind of new professionals, and they're learning that just like college is one thing, and it's not the end all be all of what the professional right. world is. Right. Um, and I think something like we've said this before, and I feel like you can attest to it because, like, yes, you're still in the industry, but like you said, you went for MT, and you major majority majority. Ma- Major, majorly. Wait, I don't. Is that right? I think majorly. You mostly. We've been mostly. drinking wine. <laughs> yeah, but you mostly work and are successful in voiceovers. Yeah, and so like mm-hmm. you can still take whatever training you had and take all that knowledge and bring it to another mm-hmm. part of the industry. You don't have to do this one thing no. to prove you've made it. And I gotta say, I. I fell into voiceover. I'd known I have a specific sounding voice. It's it's pretty much driven me since I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, in a negative and a positive. Mm-hmm. It's either a really terrible thing or a really great thing. There's not really a middle ground. 
new mm-hmm. people meet me and are like, huh, you sound cool, or that's an interesting voice, right? Like, there's never yeah. a middle ground of, like, almost anyone mentions it to me. Um, and I got there because I did a workshop with Missouri State in Los Angeles for my Los Angeles showcase. Mm-hmm. And we did a voiceover workshop, and the guy running the voiceover workshop, my professor afterwards pulled me aside and was like, I need you to email these guys because they were talking about you after you left the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, I emailed them and said, can I buy you lunch? And he called He called me and said, what are you doing at noon today? I have two auditions for you. And so I, oh, wow. like, I, I abandoned my friends at Santa Monica Pier because we were sharing a rental car. And drove to these auditions, and then we went out to lunch afterwards, and he straight up said to me, um, you're the only person out of 18 kids who had the balls to reach out to me. Like, 18 kids stood in a room with me and workshopped with me, and no one sent me an email afterwards. So, like, he was like, you are someone, if you're going to have the balls to do that, I'll bring you in. And, by the way, he's still my mentor and it's four years going yeah. now, and he's the reason I have a And I think career. that's, like, a huge point to make, is, like, those little things of saying, like, thank you so much, like, I had a great time, it was great to meet you, love to take you out for coffee, Yeah, anything like that, mm-hmm. make a huge, huge difference, because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of kids, and unfortunately, like, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna stereotype, like, kids now who are seniors or about to be seniors or in college, yeah. you know, high school or college in 2019 are kind of like well like I'm great yeah and so I'm gonna get cast and I don't need to go the extra polite mile but it's honestly like those those like moments being personal and showing gratitude that people are like okay I'm interested or building relationships that's what it is and I didn't email him and say do you have anything I'd be good for no right like Like, thank you so much I'd love to pick your brain can I buy you lunch that's all you had to do all I had to do in his response to me was, I've got two auditions for you. Can you come in today? Right. right? Like, because he was like, wow, you not only impressed me in there, but you actually reached out to me. Yeah. And we're like, I would want to pick your brain, not and, trying to get a job out of it. And I'm guilty of this too, but like you get trapped by the fear of people turning you down. 100%. We face oh, enough yeah. rejection that like the idea of like every person you meet shooting them an email and getting rejected again is just exhausting. So I get it. But literally the worst thing that happens is they is, say no. Is they're like, I don't have time for lunch. Right. And the best thing that happens is they say, what are you doing today? I have two auditions. It's there, literally, yeah. That's a right? good lesson to learn like, right away. It's literally the same thing as dating what's if you turn Ugh. around and ask someone out <laughs> I know but like but it is though if you turn around yes. and ask someone give out give me the wine they're either yeah. like they're either like hey like sure love, love to meet you like yeah. love to go get coffee get dinner whatever it is or mm-hmm. they don't answer you which happens a lot in this industry with professionals yeah, true. so they either don't answer you or they just say like you know what like nice to meet you this isn't gonna work no thank you yes thank you. So, since we're going on, good conversation. Love it. Let's talk about the difference between film and television and stage. Because I know you still do both. Yes, I do. So, do you feel, talent-wise, do you feel like it's the same across the board? Or do you feel like, talent-wise and personality-wise, be it on and off the camera or on the stage or off the stage? And I have a good question, too. Do you think that your... MT training has mm. helped you understand certain things about film and television or versus people who don't have that MT training? Um, okay. There's Let's a lot with... of things. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There's... No, Let's it's start good. with the MT training first. Do you feel like your MT training has helped when it comes to film and television? 
I feel like be so, so. I'll be honest. My MT training, the reason, the other reason besides my vocal quality and like my discouragement in musical theater was uh, within the last year and a half because musical theater majors at Missouri State get the exact same acting trainers, the act, the exact same acting training the acting majors do. Nice. So there's no discrepancy except acting majors are required to take an additional semester of camera class. Mm-hmm. We still get intro to camera and an additional something else, right? Like something specific. Like, oh, it's actually something like auditioning with music. It's okay. to give them a tease of, right? Okay. Whereas we are literally a triple major. So we no, major right. in music, acting, everything the acting, so film people do, and then dance. So um, I feel like they did everything they could logically do. Yes. Okay. They were missing out on, Missouri State has a really stellar film department that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be more stellar. Um, and the people that are working more successfully in film from Missouri State utilize that relationship from across campus mm. that wasn't built into the theater program. Nice. Okay. Um, I missed that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I remember like there was this girl, um, who was like a badass, she's lovely, and she lives in L.A. now, but her boyfriend at the time, now husband, was in the film department. Mm. So they constantly did film projects together. They were uh, all yeah. constantly doing... And then her best friends are dating another guy in the thing, and then they were all best friends, and they, they would all do projects. They were all working together, yeah. And um, they, weren't, they didn't, weren't huge fans of me. I'm like, wow, and I'm a theater kid, right? <laughs> like, they were like, way too cool for me. Um, but I remember thinking I missed out on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I was on camera, like, on set maybe twice before I left college, and always as a background or whatever, mm-hmm. never as a lead. But in camera class, we got plenty of that, but only auditioning for the camera. Yeah. So the thing I felt like that I wasn't prepared for was being on set. Was that's a whole that's interesting. Right? That's like, was knowing... Yeah, in fact, one of my professors recently, is so why I love Missouri State, commented in our... We have an MSU SoCal group private Facebook group of everyone that went to MSU that lives in Southern California. And he was like, here's what I'm asking. I'm not asking um, about auditions, blah, blah, blah. I'm asking what you missed from our program that you wish we'd provided. Because we're adding an additional camera class about being on camera versus on camera auditions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And on set. And I said, I was like, I didn't know on set how many times we do a take. I know I have to be off book, but what happens if I fuck up? Do Mm -hmm. I... Just redo Pause, it? Do or I say like, reset? Yeah. Do like, I say, what do I say? Is it your job to do that? Is, is it, it my job, job? Or do I just take a breath, start at the top again? But what if the person, the other person in the scene has the top of the line? Do I look at them and say, can we roll again? That technically ruins a whole role. Yeah. In case there was anything usable, right? Yeah. Like there's, you can't laugh and say sorry and say, I'm going to start over, blah, 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 because you're yeah. ruining something. You could technically, mid-line, stop, say my line is, Danielle, I'm so sorry. And I go, Taz. Danielle, I'm so sorry. So you right? just take a pause. You take a pause and, and you reset. Because you can't yeah. reset. But you don't the top say, of the scene was you and I screaming at each other. Say. I'm not going to go back to the top of the right. scene. Because all the rest of the scene And you're not totally sitting reasonable. there being like, okay, okay, let's reset, let's reset. You right. just literally take a and pause way, and do it yourself. I still don't know necessarily what the right answer is. But this is what I've picked up as right. I've done all of these things. I've still never worked on a major network television show. I'm still non-union. Right. I've been doing non-union voiceover work and I'm so successful in it. There's no need for me to fight to be union, although I am freaking ready. Um, mm, but I feel the same way with yeah. equity, so I yeah, get it, girl. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, there's technically no need. Um, 
I'm no, I had a theatrical agent for a long time. I don't have one anymore. So I'm not like, I'm riding the voiceover wave and letting that do my thing. But I did feel like I missed out on once I get cast, I get there and I'm like, now what? Okay, what? Yeah, now what? I like, I know what I'm that, doing. Get I, in my you face. Know, we, now what? I don't think we had that in college. Like, I'm trying to think. So we had the same type of situation kind of where we actually had, um, University of Colorado has a very prominent, well-known film department. And um, they, my freshman year, they completely redone the film center, mm. the film building. It was this gorgeous thing. And as a BFA, we were required one semester, one class to collaborate with the film students. Mm, one wow. class. That was it. Interesting. And I remember being like, oh, I might want to minor in film. Like, I was so interested in so many things, but I really couldn't with yeah. a program that... Demanded that, so much of you. Well, and I'm, you know, every other major was like 120 credits to graduate. You need 20 credits credits in your in your <laughs> major to graduate. Mine was 120 to graduate. I needed 70. Yeah. 70 in my major to yeah. graduate. We like... Mind you, half those classes were like one credit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we work, you know, I was told that one place that musical theater was at Missouri State um, equivalent to, in terms of credit requirements, it it was literally the one under rocket science. Well, that, yes, same. Right. So ours was, ours was in the most, the, in terms of like the amount of credits in your major you need to graduate. It was literally, we were number two. It was engineering, which is like the number, like the number one or two program in the country for yeah. engineering. And then it was a fucking dance BFA. That was basically Like out of everything, never... out of this massive, this mass national university, it was engineering and then a dance BFA and then business. Yeah. Because, but my point being, I agree that I feel like, and that was one of my things I said in my exit interview actually, and some classes did get changed after that because I think a couple people mentioned this. But uh, I was like, I feel like we've done so many great things in this department. And I've said before, like, I had a really great college career. And a mm-hmm. lot of it was also, like, I pushed myself. And yeah. I asked the right questions. Yeah. But there are things about getting ready for the real world, being in a company, being on a set, being a choreographer in the real world that we didn't really talk about or yeah. have training in. Yeah. See... I enjoyed my college experience because of the people, but the program itself, we struggled with, we were empty program housed in the School of Music, and so eventually I ended up changing my major to theater, even right. though I was still still very much seen as an empty yeah. kid, and I took more, I ended up getting a dance See, minor, because it's one of those things of like, too. departmental wise, we would never agree on anything, so like, even with just schedule, so like, yeah. with me... Yeah. I would. I remember like getting our dance studio was like a, down a ramp from the theater, and rehearsal had already started, and I was a principal in the show, and I was not out of class till four forty-five. So yeah. I'm doing across the floor, and I remember my stage manager coming in and yelling, and like she couldn't see where my professor was sitting at the radio. So like right. stage manager just sees me coming across the floor, and she I don't know what she thought I was doing. But, like, she comes in, like, and starts, like, going on. And my professor kind of, like, comes around the corner being like, we're still in class. What are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, rehearsal started, like, 30 minutes ago. And she goes, this has nothing to do with you. And I just, like, get quiet and go to the corner. Yeah. Mind you, this professor is also, like, still my mentor now. Right. But she kind of, like, handled that. And then, like, we finished class. And she goes, where are they? I was like, they're in the theater. Like, I don't even have time to change. I'm in, like, a tank top in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. And flip-flops. 
running up the ramp and like they just have they have like this whole conversation about like yeah blending but and working well was, together well, which is creating problems I, for a lot of the MT majors I've talked about this before because my university my college CU is also the same in terms of there's a dance department which is you know in the top 25 in the country like really good got even better once I graduated to be honest and the person who was my mentor took over as the department head nice. and then they have the theater department which houses like the BFA and the BA in acting, which shares an actual building with dance. But then we don't have technically a music theater major, but we have a vocal performance major mm. in the school, in the college of music. And I've said this before on podcasts, but their productions, their musical theater productions yeah. at the college of music were always 10 times better than the theater department. Okay, that's fascinating yeah. because... Um, Typically it's the other way around. I, yeah. I, well, I was going to say... The vocal music performance majors um, were jokes. And, by the way, they weren't, to anyone listening, not talented. We all would, like, once a week music, ma- or once a month, music majors and MTs could, like, perform in a studio performance. Like, we all mm-hmm. met in one room and, like, performed. They were never not good. But I genuinely thought, what in the fuck? Can I cuss on this thing? Yeah. Yes. What in the fuck are you going to do with a vocal performance major? It is a very weird title. It's not an opera major. No. It's not a musical theater major. It's not a music That's major. Weird. So why what are, are you going to do with vocal? Right. Are you going to go vocally perform Are you going to be a vocal art, uh, quote unquote vocal, vocal artist? artist? You're not going to be a pop artist. Right. Listen, if there was a major pop stardom, I would have done that from the right. start. But it's so interesting to me because ta- our vocal performance major was better. And those were the kids that that's had to graduate see, that's, before you got to college. Us. And it was weird because so weird. But there's not enough. Because to me, and you know what, I feel like I've said this before. The vocal performance majors, majors had to take like at least two semesters of dance and then like at least two semesters of acting. But... The theater majors, our theater majors had to take one semester of the lowest level of dance. Okay. And I always the... thought, I was like, first of all, two things. One, that's weird. And two, why is there not as much cross-collaboration mm. as there should be? Okay. I, can't, I constantly went for that argument because with us, as an MT major, we had so many music classes. Like, we were expected to go to... As a dance major, uh, I had to take music uh, classes. What, uh, what is music music pedagogy? It's music theory? Music theory. Yeah. I had to go to music theory, like, yeah. three. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and class piano that, yeah. three. And I was like, I had to go all the way up to that. But it just made, like, no... But then, when I was like, oh, I want to take jazz three or, or ballet two or modern three, they were like, wait, why? Yeah. Why yeah. do you want to do that? And I'm like, because... Knowing me, I was like, when it comes to musicals, I'm going to do more dance-heavy musicals yeah. than I always yeah. have. So that wouldn't change when I get to college and start training. Okay. So that imbalance really uh-huh. made a huge... It was very interesting to me that, the, the, again, the arguments that we would have to make about, like, like the semester I was in, opera scenes, a musical. I was in ragtime, opera scenes, and I was in a dance concert. Mm. Every professor hated me because at some point I would have to miss their rehearsal right. to go to someone else's right. like, tech rehearsal. Yeah. And I just remember being like frustrated with my, it made me think that I couldn't do it professionally, honestly. Because I was like, well, I, and now in New York City, I'm a million places at one time. But like, I thought I couldn't do it just because I constantly had someone being like, you're missing this, you're mm-hmm. missing this, you're missing this. And I was literally like, 
hindsight, now I go, no, they just never sat down and talked and realized that, like, if we're going to train an MT, they need to be a part of all of these different things. I... I think this is something that you guys, like, specifically wanted me to say or talk about. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get there. This sparked a lot of the one thing Missouri State I felt like didn't give me. And I don't, mm-hmm. bl- which is where I was going in terms of, like, no, what you guys fine. wanted to talk about. Um, I don't think, I don't even blame Missouri State for not giving this to me. Okay. I sort of blame myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. For I'm gonna say this really self-deprecatingly, not being smart enough. Um. I still can barely read sheet music. Mm. I've been working on it since the fifth grade, and mm. I still look at sheet music and have to go. Oh, okay. Treble clef. The curly Q goes around the G, A, B, C, D. I have to count up by the lines. Mm-hmm. Like I can't look at things and know what they are. Mm-hmm. I've never been that way. I was that way with math. I can't do math in my head. Yeah. I have to count out my fingers. I yeah. need things out. I've never been good at that. So when I was required to take music theory, one and two. And then it. when I was required to take piano, one and two. Piano, yep. And I was like, yes, piano, yes, I'm going to learn. Right. I did it. I passed it, by the way, like with flying colors, A's and B's, whatever. Screw everybody. B's are still above average. Oh, yes. yeah, they are. A C is an average. average. C is average. C is average. If you um, get a C in yeah. class, it means you're getting 70% of the material being right. presented to Which you. Which is honestly so, a lot. So, so like, like, everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. I just want to say that all the Especially learning how to there. play piano also, on top like, of a crazy rehearsal schedule. A real quick side note. That's also something like, I've realized about a lot of <sighs> kids now who are either currently in college or going into college. They're like, unless I have straight A's, it doesn't count. I'm it doesn't like, count. Or they'll say that... Unless you have straight A's, like even colleges will say we need a four point six. My school didn't. I know some schools. Yeah, because they'll be like that, that like way. weird unweighted yeah. thing. And yeah, and my school didn't calculate Mine that way. Either. I graduated with a three point eight. Yeah, and and it was um it bullshit. Like yeah. it, it ruined my ability to get into schools I wanted to get into. Because I had, like, two Bs on my transcript. Yeah. You know, like, mm, yeah. and I feel like I just have to say, I worked so hard in chemistry. I worked so oh, hard. listen, I know. I did so much extra but credit. I still couldn't things, do it. But that's the thing. is like, there's certain, like, I even had this issue in college. One day the advisor pulled me into the office, like, <laughs> freshman or <laughs> sophomore year. And she goes, Danielle, she goes, I'll get it. And I was like, what? She was like, you literally have a 4.0 in all of your major classes. Ooh, which I had that anything, exact same conversation. Which is anything <laughs> across, like, the dance the dance board, right. which also encompasses certain acting and music Ooh, classes. Right. She's like, but you have a 3.2 in your core classes. I was like, because I don't give a shit about the core yes. classes. That's why. Because I'm doing the bare minimum to get that C and be an average student and pass it to fucking graduate. Not even that. Literally, they, the same conversation. They were like, arts classes, care. again, music, dance, voice, theater. Oh, they were like, arts okay. classes, yeah. you have straight A's. You're going so well. I'm like, great, thanks. Why yeah. am I here? And then goes, and your academic classes, like, you're, re- like, you're getting a lot of C's. Yeah, so I can keep my scholarship. I literally, like, yeah, I literally, I was literally yeah. like, I can keep my scholarship See, with C's. I my literally classes. said, I was like, because I don't care okay. as long as I'm passing. I, I was brought up, my sister, older sister, is, um, I'm not going to call her a genius, but she's close. She doesn't have to try. She's super smart. She makes straight A's across the board mm-hmm. in everything she tries. And, um, and she uh, then went to Florida State. 
traveled abroad. That's when, like, uh, my dad couldn't pay for my school because he paid for hers. And then when she went to grad school, because she went to grad school and got her doctorate in audiology, she went to Missouri wow. State. And so we actually really? lived in a house together because she was there for grad school and I was there for undergrad. So after I lived in that apartment alone for a year, she called me and was like, so I've chosen Missouri State. Because she also was offered, like, a grad assistantship. Yeah. Tuition would be covered. Plus, if it wasn't in-state, whatever. Um, so we, I was like, oh, my God, I won't live alone. We're going to live in a house together. It's going to be so great. So we lived in a house together. And that bitch would be up all night be like, I'm going to fail this test. She'd leave for a test in the morning and be like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm going to fail it. I'm, I'm about to lose my grad assistantship. She'd come back. And I'd be like, how'd you do? Because they grade in class afterwards. Mm-hmm. She'd go, I got a 98. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, she'd walk out and be like, I failed. And get a 98. Right. And get the she highest grade in the class. You're like, like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. So I was brought up believing, like, A's were kind of the norm. Right. So whenever I got a B, my parents were very supportive. My father right. graduated college with a bunch of C's and D's. Right. So, like, they were always like, try your best. It wasn't them being like, you need A's. But it was me watching my sister not try and be like, I'm as smart as she is. I should yeah. be getting it. See, I mean, we my... did that in high school. In high school, so the current thing is that in high school, we each finish, each of, it's because it's three of us. Yeah. We each finish better than the one before us. <laughs> so, like, my, I, my sister was, like, 78 out of the class. Because you had each other's notes. Slightly. Um, <laughs> my sister was 78. Oh, I totally stole my sister's notebook. I, grad- I finished at, like, 42. My brother was, like... 30, 30, 20 something. Like he was super close to like about to be on the stage. Yeah. yeah. But we got to college and it was just like my sister played basketball and like she went through a lot of major different changes and things like that till she figured out what she wanted. But like, yeah. We also, we were the first generation to go to college, like my generation. Oh. So like, neither, my parents were kind of like, you if they were very like, if you want to go to college, great. That's a good thing we hear. But yeah. like, they didn't know the ins and out. I still go through that with my career now. I am yeah. not from a family of artists. So, like, the de- decision, you they know are. how to help me write. Damn you. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Danielle. Danielle, uh, what's the word? Of nepotism. I don't know. That wasn't the right word. But just, like, it just, it's definitely has been a challenge where there would be moments where, like, arts things would happen. Or even, like, regulating, like, I'll get a callback for something and won't book the gig, but I'm like, I got a callback and bitches aren't even getting callbacks. Yeah, that's yeah. a great thing. But, but my family's like, like but is what the, is that? Is it a well, good they, thing? Yeah, and they're like, no, it is. Oh well, my family I mean, now they've learned they've after learned. years to be like, is this a good thing or a bad? Yeah, thing? are we right. happy? Are we sad? In, and I go, we're, I, happy. we're happy. Oh yay, okay. great! Like, but it's never. I don't. Um, I literally shot a commercial a few weeks ago and I didn't tell my parents until after I shot it. I had a really. I've done that before too. I I've had done a really gigs, traumatic like, uh, experience last year. I booked something really big and then lost it. Mm, and so I and I it. told my family and my family told a lot of people mm. and it. I took the hit pretty hard. It was a really humbling thing. I kind of think everyone should go through it. Yeah. Uh, but it, like, really fucked my shit up. Because it was going to change my career, and then it was taken away from me. Uh, not because of anything I did. But and this shit happens all the time. It, it happens Literally what happened the was... Time. Um, the time. Did your scene just the, get cut? Like, yeah. I thought um, that happened before. It was, it was a like... voiceover, and the original actor... It was to ADR, the original actor's voice, because I voice mm. matched her in her film, and I got... Uh, she decided she wanted to do it. So my agent called me and was like, mm. so she has decided she's going to do it. Oh, Sorry, wow. they don't need to anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
I I go out of my way now to not communicate because they don't understand anyway. They don't. Yeah. So yep. I go out of my way now once you have to a wait humbling the, experience to wait, wait till the, the job is over. The job's done. And by the way, one of my friends told me um, when I told her about my experience, she was like, um, try having them cast you, record you for and a video game, a major video game, record you, and then cast a girl that you know that doesn't even really do voiceover, like just got into it cuz and, and you helped her, her and they cast her Ooh. and and you'd already recorded the job and like so like That's so much so of that sketch. so I don't tell anyone anything anymore. And so mind you like we said before though but what, oh, what no. we said before though like like Ali just said, this shit unfortunately happens or all the time. All the time. It's why honestly It doesn't never not also, hurt. Also this is something I did not learn at school and a veil. When you're put on a veil for something. Yep. So, when you're put on a veil, it means you are being held to be available for typically a commercial shoot. You're not often being told and you're you always been a commercial. So and you can't on. take, if you say, yes, I'm available, you can't take anything else. You have to hold. Yeah. You're so, you hold. say you're on a veil for like those dates. So, if casting wants, let's say you audition, then you got called back, and then your agent emails you or casting emails you. Let's say you're not ripped. There's no shame in that. And they're like, hey, we'd like to hold you. We're going to put you on a veil for the 6th and the 7th of March. Can you confirm you're on a veil for that? That means you can't do anything yeah. on so the 6th say, of March. So say Allie gets that email. She's like, yep, I'm available. Two minutes after she sends it, somebody goes, we'd like to book you for X, Y, and Z. That's going to pay you $10,000. Too late. Allie can't take the job. I can't take There's it. There's no negotiation. Unless, unless, unless I'm about to call my agent and be like, right. You best call right. blah, blah, blah that's got me on a veil and ask them if they're actually considering me. If because not, I booked this thing Because instead. the other problem is I got held recently for a five-date commercial shoot. I got held that's for five dates. That's I, a we long need her alley. We need her on a veil from the third to the seventh, whatever. And then got released mm-hmm. like three days before. So you'll get released when they when you're put on a veil, you're typically down to two to three people. One to yeah. three people, yeah. right? Like... And I had a uh, streak going where every time I was put on a veil, I booked it. And I broke that streak this year where yeah. I was put on a veil twice and I've lost it. For so, me, I so a I had one where, and it's for Coca-Cola and I really wanted it too. And it was Ugh. literally, I was like, I was supposed to fly back home out of Florida. And I was like, they were, literally it was like the day before and I had not heard anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Like, it was going to be, like, a $300 difference in a flight. And I was an intern at the time. So yeah. I was not making a lot of money. And it would have been a really great gig. But I'm like, I need to know what, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And literally at the last minute, they released me. And I was like, great. I'm booking this flight. I'm gone. Yeah. But it was like, we're cutting it. Like, I was down to maybe, like, 10 hours before I was going to have to, like, cancel that flight and just right. bite that well, money. Well, the good news is, even in non-union, right? Like, you're going to make a grant of three grand. Oh, yeah. So, so like, if your flight is less than $600, it's like, You still okay. pocketed some money. Yeah, you're oh, like, I wanted okay. the gig, make no mistake, yeah. but they right. released me at the last right. minute. Like, and I would have taken the gig But even if you're over. released, it's like, okay, I was already going to spend that amount anyway, but if you cancel the flight, the loss of the money, like, makes up for the gain. Right, yeah. Even, it's, so, it's something that, like, they don't teach you anywhere, and you have ooh. to be, you have to kind of know what it is and be prepared for it and understand, I like, literally, it sucks. Of course it's going to suck to be like, wow, they didn't pick me. But realizing, like, wow, they were that close yeah. to picking me, which means I'm doing something, My right? first commercial I ever booked, my agent emailed me and said, you're on a veil for Sampo, this um, Asian insurance company. Um, they've renewed it, by the way, every year since. It's been three years. 
I get to check every August because they keep renewing it, which mm-hmm. is like dope as hell. Uh, but I got, and I literally was like, what's available? And I had to go you to like Google. Googled it. Like I had an agent mm-hmm. who said, you're unavailable. I was like, I don't know what that means. I had to go to Google and Google what being unavailable was. I was like, actor on avail. <laughs> and side note, um, this was what? I don't know, three and a half years ago? Like, the, right. three maybe. Like, this isn't, like, ten years ago. I'm no. 27 years old. This was when I was 24, right? Like, but it, I think what... A class point. in, like, if you're going to go to college, a class, or even if you're not in college, a class that you can pay to go to to offer things like what certain terminology means, how to sign into an audition, well, how, how to, yeah. like, like, the littlest thing. Like, I remember the first time I saw it's, like, Equity sign in, or not, not even you, that. Uh, not uh, non uh, like EMC non-ec. sign in, and then non sign in. But not even, not even that. But they're like ranking, like social, like SS, like your social security number. Don't fucking write it. Put a veil and move away. You don't yeah. write your social security okay, number so for everyone I to didn't see. I even know that, but write I don't think I've ever been asked to put my social security. It's number. more oh. so. It's it's more Sometimes. so with. It's more so with child with 18 with oh. 17 18 yeah. and under mm-hmm. you they'll ask it at the um, audition sign in and you're just supposed to write available. available okay um uh like all that little stuff um is picking up on the job yes i don't know if there is a possibility to fill out a class with it i don't think a whole the semester only, but the way you could was the only way you could was to do mock auditions yeah the only way to do it i think is like you have a class that every Thursday, mm-hmm. um, this week it's a commercial audition. I was just going to say, change it up. Guess what? Yeah. Change it up Next every week, single, it's yeah. A, let's imagine it's the second call for a Broadway show. Yep. I the think that would be so week, smart. you're on set yep. for a thing you've already booked, and here's how we're going to shoot it. And they're going to set up the room as if mm-hmm. it's a thing. It's a simple scene. It's you at a desk with an office right. person, right. right? Like, they don't need or, to this pay is how I've learned. I think that that would be so smart. Understanding what that looks yeah. like on set. At the audition, at the callback, and knowing, like, trying it or differently. What, what has made a huge difference for me was, both during my internship, second internship, because uh-huh. I did two, my internship and, like, moving to the city, is that I, I always had a mentor that I would always, especially, like, when I kind of knew that I was becoming a mentoree, yeah. I would kind of just be like, I'm going to ask you questions that are probably going to feel very dumb to you, Yeah, but, like... Know that you're saving my life if you ask if I ask them. Right. And I've had like I have one now for like choreography, for like teaching dance, and even for performing. Like where I remember doing that internship where like some um the cast we had that I was actually assistant choreographer on during my internship, Smokey Joe's Cafe. We had like oh, cast members best. that were like forty plus. Mm-hmm. Like one of the actors, he had been working his entire. His mom was like an opera singer. He worked his entire life, never made his Broadway debut, but also ne- was never not booked. Right, insane yeah. to me. He was. We're the entire cast was like, "How have you never made your Broadway debut?" That's he was the like, "Been booked my whole thing. time." That's um, that's the other thing I want to talk. So, that's the other thing is these this ideology ideal idea of that. Wow, idea. you said it right the first time. Ideological, ideological. yeah, ideological that. Unless you're in a major motion picture, unless you're on a national commercial, unless, unless you're, you're on a Broadway show, company, yeah. you're unless you're, you're the principal in a it. dance company, you're not making it, and that's not true. It's not true. He, like he is book. I don't want to go. Are and... you making money? Oh, he was. Making Even if you money. have to that's still have a day everyone job, everyone can be shocked, but everyone's shocked based on what their 
um, impression and observation of what a successful career yes. is. Mm-hmm. He, you see someone who you're like, it. you work so much, how are you not, quote unquote, successful? And the translation is, how are, have you not had your Broadway debut? Yeah. And that, watching that cast of like, Arthur was like in his 40s versus Allison, who was like, Allison's what, same age as me? So she was like, she was a year older than me. So I was 24, she was 25. So it was me. Yeah. <laughs> So she like having that cast with just that range in every in that cast it was like we had Lion King tour members, we had the original somebody from the original cast of Dirty Dancing. Like we had several illustrious careers. Some of them had Broadway credits, some of them didn't. Some like one of the guys, he danced with Alvin Ailey. Like he was a part of not the secondary company, but the main company for a couple years, a season or two, I believe. And like to me, I'm like, you're successful. And he was just like and he was like, no, there's still so much more I want to do. Yeah. There's so much I want to learn. So I definitely think that, like, having a mentor that you can go to and ask these questions. Like, I remember I never took camera in college. Like, we took, mm-hmm. we had, because we had a developing yeah. film department. So during my internship, it was Rachel, who, shout out to her. She was the Office Depot girl. And so nice. it's Depot time. So literally nice. as intern, she was in one of our main stage shows. We were like, Rachel, can we want, literally... We want to buy you lunch and pick your brain. And she goes, she's like, about what? Like, it's just me. And we're like, none of us have film training. She goes, oh, well, do you guys want to have like a class? Like, mm-hmm. we're all, we're dark on Mondays. And yeah. we're like, we don't know what we got to do. We'll clear our schedule. Yeah. We got a studio. We got one of the studios. And we literally like, she put us through the paces of just like stuff we were not even prepared for. Yeah. And we're like, she just told us as much as she could. We're like, great. Give us like two weeks so we can like get monologues, get mm-hmm. scenes, come back and work yeah. with you again. So like, we basically got... You know, awesome. to sit down with someone that's like doing this. Yeah. And I think that having that mentor to fill in those gaps, because I'm thinking about those ones that are like, I've already graduated or like my program is what it is. How do I survive that? Yeah. Reaching out to people. And again, the worst thing you can do is be like, no, I'm not going to tell you or no, I don't want to yeah. work with you. But I just, reaching out to people can fill in that gap yeah. of yes. information that yes. you don't have. And I just think that like, like I said, like I think realizing and recognizing that making it is different for everyone. Like, I have I have yes. a friend, I grew up with her, and she's currently on the national tour of Fiddler on the Roof. Now, is this the quote-unquote most, you know, well-known, substantial job she's had? Sure. Okay. You could say that. You could say that. And I say you could say that because she's a 30-year-old dancer who has worked for numerous different dance companies, has traveled for workshops in Europe and taught dancers in Europe for different dance companies and workshops, but all of a sudden, because she's on this commercial, basically, pro- project, yeah. that now people are like, oh my God, you finally made it at 30. This this girl's been working ever since we were teenagers. Yeah. She graduated college, and she's been working for dance company after dance company and teaching and moving. It's just, and I am so proud of her, and I'm like, get it, girl. Like you, She absolutely 110% deserves it, yeah. but it doesn't mean that she didn't make it before this. Yes. Yeah, you know? yes, yes, yeah. Right. I think that's really hard. I think that's the hardest thing. I was talking to my dad on the phone a few weeks ago, and it was, I didn't tell him about this commercial I'd booked. And I was talking about, I my voiceover agent had called me and actually um, given me this reinforcement. You know, like, validation goes a long way. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like, I know self-love, self-validation is the most important. Mm-hmm. But, okay. um, I so I'm saying to my dad... My agent called me, essentially, and was like, uh, I just want to tell you, 
your reads have been amazing. Like, you're doing really well. We're really happy to have you on. And it was the most reinforcing phone call I've ever received. Yeah, for someone who, I, and like, for someone who is somebody in the business, for somebody who hears thousands of auditions a day, turns people down, they took me on because of a referral from somebody that this agent knows personally, somebody she doesn't even rep, someone she knows personally that repped me, and they took me on for commercial. She was like, we'll revisit animation later because I'm not super comfortable being an animated voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being me. Um, so, like, video games I'm down with, but, like, putting on voices for characters like isn't Like, being really my a different thing. character. So like, being a, a yeah. southern cow. It's, like, yeah. not my thing. So, I took classes in it. I worked on it. I'm getting better and I'm getting more comfortable at also letting me be the character versus, mm-hmm. like, trying to put on a voice. Whatever. She called me to say, I just, I, I realized we never had a conversation. I've been sending you animation. Um, you're in the animation department, and your reads have been so good. And I was talking to our commercial agent, and she was telling me how good your reads have been. And then later, like, our holiday party was that week, and, like, drunk, the commercial agent was like, do you know how to make a wrong choice? I don't even know. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life, right? Um, but, and I called my dad to say, say this. And his response to me was, love him so much. And he actually texted me later and was like, I really regret saying that to you. I did not mean it that way. I know he didn't because they don't get it. He said, he said, so how often do you book and make money from them? The answer is once in six months, Mm -hmm. right? I've been signed with them since September. But mind you, mind you, that is also like the, for every hundred auditions, you're going to book one. Right. Like, and to be fair, I booked two. Yeah. Got paid, did and got paid for one, lost yeah. the other, and then I've been on a veil for another. So, like, it's happening, but he doesn't get any of those other words. And that's... Everything else happening, he doesn't get. Yes. He says, how much money are you making? Because monetary value is the most important thing. And mm-hmm. I say, did you hear? My agents called me to tell me specifically, even though I'm not necessarily booking these animation jobs on the Trolls series, right? that they're super impressed with how I'm doing. Exactly. And, like, to continue because this is working. Yeah, continue yeah. what you're doing. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Keep going. And I think... And they don't get that. And that's one of those things of, like, I've had to curate my family into learning how to say and respond uh-huh. to things. Because there are some stuff, like, yes, they're going to get. But, like, I'm with you. I don't often tell my family when I book, like, concerts. There's, like... I'm singing background for this Broadway star that has, like, four Tony Awards. Right. It's a one and done, and I go back to teaching the next right. day. yeah. But they don't... It, like, even right now, if I say Audrey McDonald to them, my family's going to be like, who? <gasps> and they're... And Danielle, I guess with Danielle. <laughs> one time, one time my when I was like, 11... Well, I'm going to tell this story later, but one time when I was 11, I saw her on the street, and I almost fainted, but I'll talk about it more later. <laughs> but <laughs> if, I, if I go, like, or... Another oh friend of a friend, it's like he's having his blow up right now and yeah. filming television. Yeah. I met him as the boyfriend. I cannot say his name because like it'll be a whole thing because he's not. Oh, the I have like. But he, I, I met him as the boyfriend of one of the actors I was working with. And like at the time, he was just in a huge Broadway show. Went from that Broadway show to like has his own TV show. Has had like yeah. three movies come out. But that's the, the that's the same thing. And I... so I'm like, I'm, if he was like, oh, come to this thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm tagging along. So I'm meeting all these celebrities who I am like way more famous than me. That doesn't, that registers to them because they have name recognition. They, there has to be a, they ask me, I babysit for a pretty big television and movie star and pretty big. It's my dad's favorite actor of all time. And every time I call, it's like, have you babysit it? 
for have you babysat for so and so? Right, mm. like that's what they're interested like, in. Like I had a really great callback yesterday, but like, no, right, I but, haven't. Yeah, right. Like they only yeah. care about the. But name. it is true. Like that's so I like. I grew up, like, my family grew up with the Jonas Brothers. Like, my brother and Nick Jonas were friends. Like, would go to each other's I'm sorry, houses. Wait. How did I not know that? Oh, yeah. It makes sense, because so he did my theater. Well, my brother, the Jonas brother actually... Did theater, and I know your brother did My brother theater. actually replaced Nick Jonas on a show, because he ended up getting something else, and it was a last-minute audition. It was my brother's first professional job ever, and he actually replaced... Nicholas Jonas on a show. Uh, Nicholas Jonas. Yeah. God, is he dating anyone right but now? But he's, he's married. married. No, is he? God yeah, damn it. all of them he's will sexy. be married yes. by the end of the Which year. Which is no. weird. He's but, so sexy. But like, our moms, used ah. to, our moms used to have coffee, right? So I'll do yeah. things like, like, but then, so like, big deal, right? Yes, big deal. However, I also know a kid, and by kid I mean he's almost 30 now, because we're old, who's in Be More Chill. And yeah. again, we've known each other since we were 11, 12 years I'm old. I'm sorry. Because we grew up together. I'm sorry. You haven't told me that. Oh, yeah. It's the same person that was in, like, Spring Awakening and, like... I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I've been talking to Danielle for months. I'm literally... I feel like I thought I knew. I, I thought like she knew. Yeah, we've talked about this. literally only in New York to see Be More Chill. Yeah. And Danielle wouldn't spend the money on the tickets. <laughs> They're a lot. But They're also, lot. we are to be, and also, it's funny, because we, I actually have another friend who, are, but my point being. Yeah. Yeah. So, everyone knows Nick Jonas, they think that's such a cool story, which, it is a cool story, mind you. But then, I also have this kid I grew up with, who is not a child anymore, because he's almost 30, who's in Be More Chill, and he's one of the leads. And now... is So, like, right now, starting to get traction and everything like that, but if I were to say that to, like, my coworkers, they'd be like, I don't... What? What's that? Meanwhile, that's kind of a bigger deal, to be honest, of someone who's worked that hard in their life and has made it yes. to this point than Nicholas Jonas. Yeah, 100%. So, it's one of those things of just, like... And I... To all the artists out there, I definitely say you have to learn how to let your family in on your world because they don't get it. Like I, even on like a smaller scale, I dance. Well, I'm at the point now I start reducing how much I dance a week or how many hours a week I dance. Really, like my family came to visit in the fall and it's winter up here, so like my body was dying at the time. Mm-hmm. I was doing like six classes in one day, multiple different styles. So I would come home and crash. Like I would yeah. be dead to the yeah. world. And my family would come home and look at me and be like, literally my parents are like, but wait, you need to wake up from your nap. We need to go to dinner. And I'm like, if I don't get one more hour of sleep, like, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. be able to function. Yeah. See, it's so <laughs> funny because my parents, like, they get the acting world because we kind of grew up in that. And they they still don't truly understand the choreography world, but they understand it more. But the teaching world, they, like, don't get. So I, like, called them the other day and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I was offered to have an assistant teacher. And they're like, is that a big deal? I'm like, yeah, it's a really big deal. Because yeah. there's like, only I'm like, big shot, yeah. bitch. I'm like, because out of 40 teachers, there's only like five of us that have ATs. I was like, it's a big deal. They're like, okay, like, cool. But it's so funny because it's still another part of the of my life that they don't get. Yeah. And I'm still trying to explain I to them. I think that there's a really important aspect here of um, being an artist in a family of people that aren't. Or are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mind you, really my matter. parents, my parents and my sister, not artists. Right. Yeah. 
But um, I feel absolutely 100% completely alienated from my family. Mm. I um, almost... We have such a strong relationship because we love each other because we are family. Yeah. But when it comes to... If somebody said to them, tell us about Allie, what do you know about her? Interesting. They would list off things that they know about me. Like, mm-hmm. um, she lives in L.A. She's done this She project. likes to sing. She almost booked this job. She booked this job. She's the voice of HP. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but what do you know of Allie? And when I say to them, do you know me? Sure. Like, do you know what I think and feel? And, like, when I try to have those conversations with them, they, um, they don't get it. Even if they try to respond... Mm-hmm. They're not there. And I want to say they're not on my level. And I don't mean that as on, I'm on a higher level than them. I'm just on a different one. Mm-hmm. And and they just don't, like, dealing with, I just feel like this is something really important, especially for young kids, young kids, like anyone coming into adulthood, to experience, I've lost my family. Um, they're still my family. We still vacation together. I still love them dearly. I yeah. still see them multiple times a year. I have had to accept that I can't have the conversations I want to have mm-hmm. with them. I want to yes. talk about the universe and these deep, dark things and these feelings. And, oh, my God, I'm watching Be More Chill. And do you know what these things are doing yeah. to me? Like, this song is so spectacular. Can I play it for you? I don't really like musical theater. Okay, your daughter majored in it. Can you mm-hmm. listen to a song? Because it moves me. But even then, yeah. they listen to it. And I can tell they're, like, biding their time till it's over. I'm like, okay, it's not moving them. They don't get it, right? Yeah. Like, people don't get it. And I think... Well, and I kind of felt that same way, too. I think the reason that has happened is because we as artists, like, versus, like, Facebook meme that I'll share in the PYT Instagram later, that it's, like, is an acting class so, you know, acting class is so amazing. Don't you want to wake up at 10 a.m. and, like, expose yourself to the world? Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. like, and not, and because I've gone through the same yeah. thing through where, like, I will hear a piece of music or, like, see a dance and, like, fall to pieces. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And then my 100%. parents will look at like my parents yeah. love watching World of Dance and American Idol. Like it's reality. It's not that they can't appreciate but, dance. Well like right. it's one of those things where, like right. they'll watch something on World of Dance and be like that was amazing and I'll go the technique was so horrible right. that I can't right. get through it. But it's mm-hmm. even the same but thing. They, it's just one of those things of like I've I've accepted that like as an artist since high school I've been cultivate, cultivating my senses to these different kind it's of worlds and atmospheres. Yeah. And especially living in New York where there's so many yeah. different cultures and different types of art here yeah. that is so hard. Like, my brother and sister, I feel, give it a very honest try. And my parents, again, the love does not lessen. No. But right. it's just a they world just that they don't, don't live in. And it's, when you live in it so wholeheartedly, yes. you can't really pull yourself out. No. Just like they can't get themselves into it. Yeah. You can't pull yourself it's out. It's so like interesting. My life is, is the arts. Like I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I pay my bills with the arts. Yeah. I have a podcast about the arts. Yeah. So there's no way to yeah. avoid that. I even have that same thing. I have some of my super close best friends are people I currently work with at my school specifically and I love them dearly and we connect on all of these different levels and that will never change but it's so interesting to me the conversations I have at work with them or even with other co-workers Mm -hmm. just at work versus when I go and I get to be with the other dance teachers as part of our charter network and the conversations I have with them when we have these like video calls and we have these like professional developments once uh-huh. a week and we get to meet and talk are so different and I usually come to work on Wednesdays because these happen like once a week so totally the same where I work right now and um 
And I show it to work and everyone's like, wow, Danielle, you look so relaxed and you are like so happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, because the conversations I have at these professional development sessions and these meetings, it's all about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not the same. And I love you guys so much, but it's just different. It feeds a different part of my soul. It's, um, I'm going to do the same thing you did earlier. It's the same as dating. Yeah. Like, yeah. I am, lol, single as hell, sliding to my DMs at Ali Cinematic <laughs> Um, I, I, but I'm picky as hell, because if I can't have the conversations mm. I want to have with you, if you don't get it, that's what I call it. Yeah. I call it either them being like me, you have to be like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have to get it. If they don't get it, I can tell yeah. them the first 20 seconds of knowing somebody. It's not going to work. Oh, yeah. You don't oh, yeah. get it. Yeah. You could definitely be someone I date and fuck around with. And, like, I'm sure we could pretend all the way to Timbuktu. But, like, mm-hmm. but you don't get it. There's no actual, and there's, there's no, no and I And it results in me, um, I think this is something artists do to their detriment. Me specifically. Like, I can only speak for myself. I It means I prefer being alone. Yeah. I like oh, being yeah. alone because um, I can hike on, I live in L.A., right? I hike continuously. Um, like four times a week, I'm on a mountain and I can stand on a summit and like look at a view or even like look at the mountain I'm standing on, literally look at the ground and be like, I'm 2,000 feet in the air. Like, that's really cool. Right? Like, this is magnificent and empowering. And I, and like, even if someone's standing next to me when I do it with other people and I want to say, don't you feel so empowered? Even having to speak it out loud feels like it loses its power. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of being alone for yeah. these big, illustrious moments of, like, self-awareness. Oh, yeah. And it results in a little bit of isolation that that spins into, like, desolation. I do right? agree. I do think it is a very artist thing. I know for myself, again, like, I can be... I always say, this is how I describe myself, I'm an extremely extroverted or outgoing introvert. introvert. Yes. I can be extremely outgoing. I can be the life of the party. And as the years have gone on and as I've gotten older and dealt with anxiety and all of that, I've gotten even better about meeting people and going out and being okay. Mm -hmm. When I was little and we'd go to like even family functions, I would be attached to my mom's hip, afraid to talk to anyone because I had anxiety. But I do think it is an artist thing. The more I meet artists and talk, we connect with each other. But I do like, even yesterday, Tony and I both had a snow day yesterday yes and I was like it was great because all my weekends is my precious time and I want I want to see my friends I don't see at work uh-huh. I want to see my boyfriend I want to take a workout class I want to do all these things right but I'm not alone and I'm grateful for that time and I don't regret it but I'm not alone yeah mm-hmm. so yesterday when everyone else had to go to work I got to sleep in I got to grocery Same. shop alone yep. I got to go to yoga alone I got to watch TV alone I got to read a book alone I got to cook and I woke up this morning being like okay I'm ready now for the rest of the week yeah I think that's something really important in terms of especially in our careers that are loaded with you should be networking you should be with yes we have 14 different yeah. day jobs I know yeah. you don't, but like, but Danielle, even like, like teaching, teaching, I do. teaching I do. from fucking eight to five, right? Yeah. Like with multiple different kids, right? Multiple jobs. And then you come home, I come home and like, I'll have auditions and be like, I can't do these tonight. I want to lay back and watch West Wing for a couple of hours um, and go to yes. sleep. And then, right. And then I'm like, I could get up fresh from sleep and I'll wake up early. I yeah. don't need to sleep mm-hmm. in. I'll wake up at 7 and do these auditions that are due by 9 a.m., right? Yeah. Be, being 
required to do things in time frames where you're where it's within like a period of time where you have dumped everything you have into things you don't care about. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't care about teaching, but I I'm a babysitter is my day job. I'm not a server. I'm a babysitter. Yeah, I love Listen, the kids. I, I love, love te- them. I love teaching, but there are some days where I'm like I'm yes. not in the fucking. Yes. Well, not even that. There are times where like we get ready to record the podcast, which I love doing. Where literally I'm just like. I don't have anything. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm running on three hours of sleep right now. And uh, honestly, I got here. And like when we were at the wine shop, I was like, focus, Dixon. Focus your mind. Get it together. Like I was like, I can't. I gotta go to bed. I was like, I was like, I gotta get my mind straight. Because my mind was like not, I mean, like we don't, people in general, this doesn't apply to artists. Humans don't appropriately take no. care of themselves. I just oh, yeah. think that artists yeah. are more aware. Artists are more aware because yeah. you can't create art unless yourself yes. is yes. taken care of. Yeah. Yes. So having a snow day. Yeah. You have <laughs> had it. And there's, by the way, um, I discovered in the last year um, artist dates. Yep. Right? The artist yes. way. Everyone you, read. It's right there on my bookshelf. Everyone read the artist way. Julia Cameron, if you haven't done the oh, artist way. It's so good. You need to do it. Um, 12 weeks of taking care of your fucking self. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's important to you? Within a discipline. And this, like shit, a, this shit where you're like, I want to do this alone and I don't want people to be with me. And you have oh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. I mean, you oh, could yeah. theoretically, like you and I could have done it together, but you have to, you can't go on an artist date even with a dog. Right. You have to go alone. And it's made me realize there are little things like, I don't like going to yoga with other people. That's, that's my time. And that's fine. Right. By the way, I think that's, Appropriate, right? But like things like that that you might think. Some people that you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. No, I get it. It makes you recognize that type of shit. Anyway, continue. Um, my my point is the I discovered that, dear God, I love taking myself out on a date to eat. I wouldn't say to I like going to movies alone. I don't consider it necessarily like an artist's date because I'm just watching a screen. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, shopping for a record store, shopping in general. Going to get coffee, going to get breakfast, going to get dinner, um, uh, taking myself to a concert. That, yeah. it, that's different to me than a movie. Like, I'm yeah, yeah, a yeah. movie alone any day. Yeah. Um, I discovered this love I have for, as somebody who used to have, like, issues with food, who was, mm-hmm. like, a binge eater who needed to order a pile of cheese fries and, like, eat it in front of Netflix alone in my room, right? And then eat bra- a pan of brownies. Um, I now, like, want to take myself out to a meal, squirrel, and um, Squirrel's the best place in Los Angeles. It's amazing. Um, S-Q-I-R-L, for those of you who want to visit. Um, so ordering good. crispy rice, drinking my matcha, quietly journaling or reading, mm. or sitting and Insta-storying it. I count that. Right. No, I'm I do like, too. You're alone, but you're by yourself. Yeah. the perfect angle of my matcha latte. Right? In, like, like, appreciating yeah. how amazing it how is. How beautiful it is. And uh, showing everyone how amazing it is and hoping the two boys I like will watch the Insta-story. <laughs> always. <laughs> But, like, I found this incredible, what I'm going to call, freedom with it. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a freedom with being alone, like, having a snow day, yoga, TV, grocery shopping, dinner to yourself. Yeah. There's a magical, there's a magical freedom in knowing you're not constrained by anyone else's time constraints. Yeah. You're not trapped by anyone else's, anyone else's preferences. You just get to do what you want to do, and that's it. Yeah. Well, that being said, the curtain has closed for us, but we hope that you will join us next week.
And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes and Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. We want to say a special thank you to Allie. Give the people your information again so they can know where what to find up? you. I'm Allie Dixon. Um, the only information I have to give you is at Allie Son of a Dixon. <laughs> That's it. There's no .com. It's just <laughs> But you do have a website. Allie I do have a website. It's AllieDixon.com and it's Allie like Allie McBeal or Allie Bank. A-L-L-Y. I'm <laughs> your co-host Tony Williams the second, And I'm your co-host Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.